one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. On with Exposure, or should I say tonight's Sexposure. Uh, caught off guard a little bit there, but uh, <laughs> good thing. Yeah, really. <laughs> started. It did. How about that? Just like that. Uh, so, but we, of course, as always, are joined with the uh, the lovely crew from uh, Olin Health Center. I want to start over here uh, to my right with uh, the illustrious uh, Doctor D. Go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, what it is you do. And we'll go around the table. Well, welcome back to from spring break. Absolutely. Uh, whether you left or not, it was a break. So, welcome back. This is Doctor D with you again. Hi, it's Erin, Christy. This is Andrew. And I'm Becky Allen, also from Olin Health Center, uh, just a guest tonight. Our special guest, actually, special as, guest. As, as our itinerary says. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we've got a, uh, quite a great show lined up tonight. As a matter of fact, as, as always, uh, we do on, on Sexposure. Uh, of course, giving away lots of complimentary prize packs. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about that nice. during the break. And, of course, uh, for those of us who are uninitiated, what, what do we have in the prize packs? Christy? Oh, you know, the usual. I say this every single time. Sure. Lube, condoms. Candy. All sorts uh, of good sex stuff. Sex etiquette book. And then whatever Dr. D wants to add in over the yeah. course of the <laughs> show. <laughs> what kind of lube yeah. do we have in there tonight, Christy? Um, strawberry kiwi. Strawberry Ooh. kiwi. I think should be in there because that's one of the best flavors. It's kind of springtime well, yeah, well, yeah, we're honoring those who are down in Cancun and different yeah. places. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Strawberry daiquiri. Probably had a pina colada flavor. Pina colada. I think strawberry kiwi, I think that was one of the ones you subjected me to in a previous episode. It is. Yeah, nobody can guess that one. Yeah. It's a tricky one. There's two in there. It's a good initiator. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but, uh, of course, the prize packs are available for people who can answer our question of the night or question of the day, depending on how you look at it. Uh, now, of course, we, what is our question for, uh, for today? Our question of the day is, what percentage of MSU students have had sex with one or fewer partners in the last academic year? Okay, so just within the last year. Just within the last year. Okay, so if, if you think you have the answer to that, the number is 432-3893. Again, 432-3893. Uh, let us know, and uh, maybe we might uh, earn a prize back. Now, of course, we're looking for the percentage. What's Let's the What's the sort of the margin what do you here? Think? Well, okay. well, you, have, you have to explain what you mean by fewer, one or fewer, because people are going to say, what, half a person? <laughs> one or zero. One or zero <laughs> people, okay. So you either had uh, no sexual partners or you had one, one. within the last year. What yeah. percentage of MSU students? But fit not that bill? more than one. But not more. Yeah. Not more than one. And so <laughs> what? What? What's the margin we should say for people calling up on this one? Five uh, percent, give or Three take. Three percent, give or take. Five's too easy. Everyone else we agree on that one. Three percent. Three percent. Three percent. All right. All right. So if you can guess it within three percent, we'll give you the prize pack. And of course, anyone who calls up earns the prize pack. Is that right? Anybody who calls up yeah. will earn the Christie prize pack. Right. Yeah. Yes. So whether we supplement it with the Andrew or the Second <laughs> D or the whatever. But Some we have all kinds of stuff. And the Sexual Etiquette 101 book has pictures. Yeah, Ooh, it does. Right, it does. Yeah. Even better. Well, now. Yes, is someone calling already? We have two callers already. Wow. How about that? Should we go to it? <laughs> <Someone> <laughs> is on the ball tonight. They're back from spring break. They're ready <laughs> yeah. to go. All right, let's go to the first one here. You're on the air with Sex Exposure. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Jack. Hi, Jack. Could you repeat the question? How many have had zero or one? What do you think? This is the power of ten? We're going to make <laughs> the Yeah, we'll go ahead. The audience. What percentage of MSU students have had sex with zero to one partners in the last academic year? One or fewer partners. Mm-hmm. Um, 80%. A little off. Sorry, but thanks for playing. You bet. Well, stay on the line. We'll get all your information from you. I will. Thanks. You bet. That's a good guess. So far, you know, 
good guess so far. We got a second one on the on the line here. Let's see what's going on. Okay, go ahead. You're on the air with Sexposure. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Not too bad. I'm gonna go with twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. You owe us a prize. Thanks for calling. All right. Thanks. Well, that's, uh, I think it's safe to say uh, getting colder with that number. Yeah. If we want to help some folks out on that Look one. Look at so. you. You're being so nice today. Well, wow. I want to make sure that people get Rest special prize break. He's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Calling it's us very chill after a nice Also, if you have break. any questions when you call in, you can... Absolutely. We, can, we have a panel of experts here. We can definitely yeah. answer a lot of questions yeah. tonight. So now, of course, we always have a theme for our shows. And yeah. uh, what is tonight's theme, everybody? All right. Tonight's theme is um, alcohol and sex. And sometimes this can be kind of a touchy subject with people. So... I just want to, uh, like, forewarn everyone, it's really, it's not going to be, like, saying, uh, don't do this, don't do that, this is terrible. Um, we're just going to give you some facts and um, educate you, and we're going to try to make it fun, too. So. And great timing, I would say, in between spring break and then, of course, St. Patrick's Day coming up. Exactly. Uh, these two, these two things definitely play into both. Yes, absolutely. Don't remind them, Wes. Don't remind I'm sorry. Them. I mean, those. Story. You know, if you if you want to start connecting those two, I'm sure it's never been done before. But, uh. sure, never. Well, I think we actually did the whole show as we sat around the office talking about this. Becky and I and and I had a, had a really interesting conversation about this whole connection and. And so we do want to honor what Christy says. We only want to make it, you know, uh, interactive, engaging. Please ask us questions, you know, because, you know, Becky's been talking about this subject for a long time, and so we're, we're glad to have her here. But we do want this to be, you know, somewhat fun, too. So we bought a bo- bottle of schnapps with it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Well, hopes up for a second there. Not that I indulge Slow in down, Aaron. But we're only taking one shot an hour. Exactly, yes. Plain it safe. We're four pure, so... Oh, goodness. <laughs> you guys are out of control tonight. <laughs> we were, we're, we were having up. a great conversation um, in Dennis's office, and sometimes I think I wish that we had, like, um, microphones with us before the show. <laughs> so I think sometimes we have these great conversations before the show, and we're like, man, we should have caught that on tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we were. We were disagreeing. And I don't know, Becky, you want to kick us off with? Well, I think how we started the conversation um, in Dennis's office was actually with a comment that I made, and, and it was actually... I guess a rather strong comment, but um, I guess I am of the mind, or not I guess, I am of the mind that um, if you cannot engage in um, a sexual encounter sober, then you have no business doing it drunk. Um, So that's kind of where we started the conversation. And the reason I say that, and, and I know that for some folks that might, um, strike them as, as rather fervent and, and um, maybe a strong statement. But the reason I'm saying it is because I do believe that one of the um, hallmarks of really becoming a fully sexual human being with all the joy and um, sorrow that that includes means entering it into, it means entering into it, you know, kind of as your uh, excuse the pun, naked self. Clear-minded. Um, what's that? Clear-minded. Clear-minded. Um, as a free-thinking, uh, free-moving adult. And often when you introduce alcohol into that equation, especially have, if you have not already practiced doing that without alcohol, mm-hmm. it becomes something other than that. And I think often it it leads people to a place they don't really don't want to be. Mm-hmm. 
No, we, we all had to uh, remove our sharp objects before we walked into the studio today. <laughs> we do have some differing opinions, but mm -hmm. one of the things that uh, uh, Becky hopefully at some point will say to you is she's got a wealth of experience. She's the alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs coordinator for Michigan State, and she comes to Michigan State with a wealth of experience. But, you know, you just made a comment that, that and I asked you this before in the office, now, are you saying that comment in reference to people being drunk or just let alone drinking? Now, we asked that. We said, is it all right to, for people to engage in sex if they have to drink to do it? Or is it just when they're drunk? Well, ultimately, I think whenever you're using a substance that alters you, and that is, that is what allows you to participate in that activity, whether it's sex or socializing or studying for an exam or any of those things, then, to my mind, it crosses the line from use to abuse. Um, so if it's, I guess the real measure is, does the person have to have alcohol in order to be sexually active? If the answer is yes, then I would say it's problematic at that point. And it's likely to leave them, lead them in places they don't want to be. Or, you know, equally uh, problematic is if they get to a point where they are in a relationship with a, a committed individual that they want to kind of, you know, have that very vulnerable type of, you know, I'm coming here unaltered and, and free thinking. If they want to have that kind of sex, then it's even harder at that point. You know, better to practice early than to, you know, get to that point, mm -hmm. be in a relationship that is really important to you and not know how to do that. What's wrong with having a couple of drinks before you go out? I mean, my God, i got to hold up the Uper pride here. <laughs> Not that all Upers drink. We don't all drink, you know, just some of us. But, you know, we talked about this. You know, it's, it's this social lubrication, being able to socialize more, being able to talk, you know, and having a beer. I mean, what's the difference between that and adults who go out and have a glass of wine and then go home and do it? I mean, what's the difference? Well, the difference, I think, that Becky is referring to is if you... You, you need that liquid courage, so to speak, in order to uh, take the step to finally have sex in the first place. If you can't do it first uh, in a sober mindset, then then the fact that you have to use a crutch like alcohol could lead to some more serious consequences in the future. Crutch. He said yeah. it. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> Threw it out there. Threw out the secret. word. Does that? I mean, would you agree with that, Becky? Is that is that a fair a fair term to apply to it? Yeah, and I and I think on the flip side, it it you know on one hand it leads you to places that you may not want to be, um, and certainly the the more that if you are intoxicated, if you're using alcohol heavily, it can really get you in a place you don't want to be. Um, particularly, I mean, we know that what someone pays attention to when they're intoxicated is very different than what people pay attention to when they're sober. Mm -hmm. Um, and we also know that it obviously it affects judgment, etc. But it also can rob you of an experience that is one of the most amazing experiences of being human, and that's entering an intimate um, uh, sexual encounter with someone who's also entering it from that place. And I would say that's almost as bad, if not as bad, for someone to not actively discover that. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's something we did get into when we were in the office, too, is talking about um, intimacy versus just kind of disconnected, kind of 
sucks, you know, just in its raw kind of whatever. And oh, here we go. Here comes the raw sex. Sex for just the physical benefits is what you're saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Casual. Yeah, sex. just casual whatever sex versus this intimate experience. And so, um, you know, what what is that? What is kind of the draw to wanting to have intimate sex versus casual, no strings attached sex? Um, and, and what's the importance of not using alcohol to be able to have? Well, and I know we didn't talk about this there, but right. let me let me suggest that you can have very intimate sex and still have it be very casual. And mm. part of that is the absence of being altered. Part of it mm. is entering it um, from a position of of equals, of folks who, um, you know, really do, if, if, are experiencing all the vulnerabilities and they know that's happening for each other mm -hmm. and they still work through it, I think that's pretty magical. Yeah. Even if it's casual, even if it's a casual hookup, there's still an amazing amount of intimacy there that I think often when alcohol enters, enters the picture, it takes out. Mm. Well, right. What if people aren't looking for magic? I mean, what do you guys uh, think Well, about I think it's because... important to, to add into that, too, that you can have that magic sometimes even when alcohol is involved. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, and it depends on the level to which alcohol is involved. It depends on how well you know that person. Right. You know, if it's a longer-term relationship, if it's somebody that you've known for a while. Um, right. All those factors. I mean, it's not black and white. And I think we've kind of started off the discussion black and white. And it's really not. There's a lot of gray areas, and I think that's important to point out. Yeah, well, and I think that's that's one of the gray areas that I'm talking about is that um, that kind of messy place where the two of you have been drinking, um, but you want to have sex, you, you don't really have a relationship. It's just a casual kind of fling. You just want to go home, get off, and be done. I mean, is that so wrong? Well, I think I think the, thing, the fact that it comes into that, and, and that's not wrong, but it's also important that, the other person feels that same way, mm -hmm. and sometimes when alcohol becomes involved, it's not easy to communicate whether that whether those two people do feel the same way. And the more you involve alcohol, the harder it is to express that to each other. Well, we we really want to hear from the folks out there too. So Absolutely. we're going to sweeten that part a bit. We're going to we're going <laughs> to stick in some we'll stick in some other type of loop, right, Christy? Oh yeah. We got some lemon or something in there. We want to hear. We want you <laughs> no, no, lemon. 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 I know. I know lemon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, lemonade is my drink these days, so it's lemon. Uh, but we want to we want to hear from you. Do you think that alcohol and sex should be connected? Is it all right to drink to have sex, or can you have sex with alcohol? Colin, tell us what you think because I think this is an important discussion. I think everyone's making some really good points here. But you know, the part of the discussion, I, I'm not going to. Uh, Put Erin on the spot. Oh, what the heck? She's only going to be here for a couple more months. I'll put her on the spot. <laughs> uh, but we talked about, is it all right for two people just to go out knowing they're both going to get a, have a few drinks and just have sex for the plain old reason to have sex, which is just that physical pleasure on uh, releasing? It doesn't have to be a magical experience. It doesn't have to be anything. It's just like, hey, let's just do it. Mm -hmm. Is it all right? Well, I would say, you know, I guess going back again to that conversation and then thinking about this, is it depends on if that person is able to do it without it. Um, I mean, I think that's part of the, the equation. But I think yeah. the other part of it, too, is if you have made the decision that, you know, basically all you want to do is hook up, you don't really care if there's magic, you don't care if there's sparks, <laughs> and you don't really even care if you know the person mm. at all. Mm -hmm. I would say then still go into that with eyes wide open and understand that it might even be more critical under that under that circumstance to not have alcohol involved. Mm -hmm. 
Because at that point, you really are talking about, even though we may not say it, you're really kind of talking about a very um, cut-and-dry negotiation, mm -hmm. and it's going to be critical to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, because I think, I think Andrew touched on it when he talked about intent. It's about the intent um, and about the communication, and it does get cloudy when you involve alcohol into it. Um, that, that whole negotiation process becomes very different. Touchy. Mm -hmm. Very touchy. Yeah. Yeah. Very touchy. Well, Christy, I mean, we all have interactions with students, but you're the only student here on the panel, except for Wes. I'm a student yeah. as well. a grad student. Yeah. I mean, do you still see students out there that act, that have to drink in order to negotiate relationships and sex and all that stuff? Do you, are there still a lot of people out there like that? Um, What's your experience? Not I your personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about, like, the majority, but I have seen it, definitely. And, um, I mean... I don't know, it depends, because there's like a fine line in between what's okay, what's not okay, and when you're going out and thinking like, you know, I want to have sex tonight, but before that I want to get drunk, but if you're going out and like you're getting drunk just to have sex because you can't do it without the alcohol, I, I definitely agree that there is a problem there, and I feel like that is definitely a concern about students today, um, maybe not like the huge majority, but it's out there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I as an undergrad, in between as a grad student, I've I've definitely witnessed that as well. You know, there's that that I, I mean, people always refer to it as a social lubricant, and it's one of those things that sort of breaks down that that intimacy, that 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 barrier of negotiation, I suppose. It's yeah. Just, let's just let's just do it. You and know? it's not only just sex; it's just like about mm -hmm. you know maybe you don't feel comfortable talking to the opposite sex when you're sober. Mm -hmm. You get nervous. Right. You get shy. Alcohol definitely makes you loosen up and relax more. And, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but... Well, but, 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 but is that? Because we were talking about that. Mm -hmm. And is it, is it bad that the only way you can actually talk to somebody of the same sex or the other sex, the only way you can do it is, is drinking first? Mm. Yeah, I guess that is, that, is question. that No, I, and I'm not saying, I, I don't know. Becky's conversation has, has made me think about it, too, is, that, is if the only way you can go out and socialize is to have a few drinks first, is that okay? It's okay, according to what Becky says, if you can do it without it. Mm -hmm. But if you can't do it without it, and the only way you can do it, then we may have a problem here, Houston. I'm know. sure there are a lot of different motives, though, behind that, that need to, to drink in order to... to yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not even just the fact that maybe the alcohol itself, when, it's, when it gets into you, it, it makes it easier for you to be more gregarious and talk to people. But also the fact that you're, say, you're at a party, and the only way to really fit in is the fact if, is if you're holding a beer cup in your hand and, and you, you're actively participating in, you know, the social experience that's going on there. Sure. So. Yeah, I feel like for a lot of people, it's kind of just like comfortable to have that with you even if you aren't drunk you know how like you see see some people that like they have like one drink or something and they're acting like more way more outgoing than they ever have in their lives mm -hmm. and you know you really know that they aren't drunk or it's not affecting them that much it's just like comfortable to have it with you at that time i feel like for a lot of people well and i find it i guess the question that i would that i would ask students or anyone um is why is it that we so put alcohol and sex together? I mean, what what's going on there that those often seem to go hand in hand, even if we're not talking about a situation where someone has to drink in order to have sex. But why the connection? What's that about? 
Well, I'd like to throw in real quick that if anybody has a, has a response to that that's listening, yeah. number uh, 432-3893, anything we've been talking about tonight, as well as the uh, question of the night, uh, feel free to give us a call and let us know your questions, comments, anything else. And we'll up it. We'll stick in those pleasure condoms, right, Christy? Yep. That's right. Prize pack. you dare answer Becky's question. Come in. <laughs> I dare you to call in and answer <laughs> Becky's question, sure. and we'll throw in pleasure condoms even. Oh, they're not going to call in. Yeah, never no, call they're... us. <laughs> And also, question, all talk, all the talk, question yeah. of the day is still going on, too. What percentage of MSC students have had sex with one or fewer partners? Can we give them a clue? I think one or zero partners. You want to give them a clue? Well, so what, what, been our, what have been our two answers so far? We've had, we uh, had 25% and mm-hmm. it was too 80, cold. Right? And 80%. And 80%, 80%. Was, was too hot. Too hot. Okay. <laughs> too hot. Okay. There you go. I like so, it. Too hot for prime time. Can we say too warm? Too warm. All right. We'll mellow it out a little bit. Too hot. Yeah. Well, I mean, Becky, how many people out there listening to this, you, you think they're, they're, they're thinking right now, you guys got it all wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. I mean, that's part of, that's part of the college life. And you drink, you, you negotiate, you have sex. I mean, are they really thinking that? What, what, what would you say to them? Well, I would think, first of all, if, if it was really they drink, they negotiate, they have sex, I'd say, yeah, okay, you're doing pretty good. The problem is the negotiation <laughs> often isn't there. Yeah. Um, they might think it's there. Yeah. It, you know, and again, I think it's, you know, when we talk about health, we talk about having freedom of, our, of choices. And, and, you know, when I talk to students about alcohol, it's the same thing. It's not that, I mean, certainly it's not an abstinence message ever. But it's about making sure that alcohol is fitting into your life that you're not fitting into it. And I think it's the same thing here, that it's it's about making it work for you, not, you know, using it in a way you're not comfortable with or doing things you're not comfortable once you're, once you're using it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I really see students get in trouble, is it's not so much using alcohol. It's when they're using alcohol, when they're not really thinking about it, when they're not really considering what it is that they want or don't want from an evening, Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the same thing kind of holds clear with, with sex and sexuality. You know, and, and again, we talked about this. I think so often, whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter. You get stuck in this gender box about sexuality. And my assumption is that often alcohol helps us step out of that box. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're female, we can just, we can go and just have sex for the fun of having sex. We don't have to have it be intimate. But often that's the message we're given. If you're female, you should just have sex because this person is very, very important to you, and not just because you want to have sex, which I think is the wrong message. Conversely, guys are supposed to have sex just because they want to have sex, but when for guys it might really be important for them to have an emotional connection. But you know what? They're often not allowed to do that, or at least they're not, they don't think they are. So, and I often think alcohol is used to relieve them of that box, and I think there's better ways to do it. Well, a- a- Andrew West, what do you think about what you just said about the male part of it? You think it's true or not? Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, just you know, personal experience. What uh, you know, what guys tend to talk about, they never. I mean, not not that I don't know guys who want a, an emotional connection, but I, I never hear guy friends of mine say like, "I just want to find the right girl. I just want to settle down and have. She, I want her to be all these great." That you don't really hear that emotional, you know, connection. Do you think being, it's out there? I absolutely, yeah. I just don't think it's something that's that's entirely comfortable for guys to bond over. You know, it's not typical male bonding material. You know, <laughs> sports and, and, Ray, and lots of chicks. Right? You know, yeah, exactly. You know, it's just Toronto not one of those Spartans, things. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and that's not to say that guys in their close groups of friends don't talk about that sort of thing, but it's it's definitely not something that. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You, you talk about that in your 
your close group of friends? I think a lot of guys do. Okay. I don't think it's something that, you know, they broadcast, but I think a lot of guys do. I mean, it's it's not necessarily like locker room talk, I guess, but it's, you know, hanging out with your, your buddies talk. Mm-hmm. You know, they, guys talk about relationships and things like that. Sure. I mean, they don't, maybe, it's not portrayed that way in the media, and a lot of guys would, you know, if they're not with their close friends, it's not something that they want discussed, but they do discuss it, and they know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Vic, you're making some really interesting points. I mean, what, what do you think about what she says about women? Are there, and you and I have talked about this before, <laughs> about, about are there women who just want to go out and have just raw physical pleasure sex? Is that something that's true or not? Yeah, or? well, and that's something, you know, that I have had a hard time with because I... I'm totally like, I think women should be able to go out and have sex with whoever they want, do it when they want it, how they want it, on the street corner. I think it's Just great. demand it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so what I have a hard time is is what Becky's talking about, is is people that need that intimate connection to have sex. Like, I, I sometimes I, I try to get it and I try to understand, but, like, for me personally, I don't get it. So, um, <laughs> I don't. I'm the sexual Opposite health educator, and I'll get it. I mean, I get it, but it doesn't ring true for me. So, sure. it's a little different. But um, Sometimes I wish this wasn't radio and it was TV so you could see our expressions. But <laughs> They're all rolling their eyes at me. Looking away as if we don't know you. <laughs> no, no. So, I, so I, I, um, I, I disagree. I think we were disagreeing earlier on, on what women think about sometimes when it comes to making sexual sexuality decisions. Do you have that quote with you? I do uh, not. Becky? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, before we get to Becky, we got someone calling up right now. They might have some input on this as well. Uh, go ahead. You're on Sexposure. Hi. I was calling more to respond to the um, the difference between men and women, like kind of when they go oh, out. yeah. Okay. It's like, because I've noticed going out, I'm out of college, but I'm still in the Lansing area, so I see a lot of college girls. And it's kind of scary how many girls feel like they have to be highly sexualized but keep up with the boys, basically. But they don't actually own their own sexuality. They just they get out. They insist that they can drink anybody under the table. They have no idea what their limitations are. And then they're bragging the next day that they totally blacked out. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I work with a lot of younger college women, and these are women that have so much to offer. But they just think that the only way to be accepted is to just go out and randomly encounter anyone. And I'm like, I, I personally have had sex on the first date, have had one-night stands, and have had guys break up with me just because I had sex with them too early was the reason they gave me. And I think women should be able to make that choice. If they just want to have sex, they should. But I think a lot of, especially with younger women, they tend to involve alcohol too much, and then they can't make decisions, and they don't know how to go out and have a casual sex encounter and enjoy it and not regret it or be able to remember it without the alcohol involved. Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent point. And, I, and, I mean, I it's absolutely what I'm, and a lot of what I'm concerned about is unless we invite people to really get real about their sexuality, whether it is that they need intimacy first or not, or whether, you know, and, and we're, we all change through the course of our lives, too. It may be, you know, at 20, uh, you're different sexually than you are at 30 or 40, etc. But I, I certainly think it would be helpful if we just help people move out of those gender boxes mm-hmm. that, that define them sexually and doesn't allow them to define themselves sexually. And often, again, I think what you point out 
is that we see the heavy use of alcohol to help relieve themselves of that box when in fact what it ends up doing is put them in a place they really don't want to be. Yeah. Your points are really well taken. And if I was to ask you, because you have an audience, I mean, you have an audience, you're, you're on the radio. If I could tell you, what, what, what message would you give to, you're out of college now, what message would you give to, to young women and maybe men in college? Just mostly respect yourself. If you want to go out and just get laid, you know, what the hell? Why not? But be responsible about it because generally when you're involving a lot of alcohol, you're not thinking, did you take your pill? When did you just get your shot? You know, are there condoms? Because even at 30 years old, going out on dates, I have so many men be like, oh, it's just this one time. All it takes is one time. Not just to get pregnant, but to get some scary diseases. And when you don't, when you involve alcohol, your judgment for that is just gone. So just pretty much respect yourself when you're going out. Know what you want to do. If you want to get drunk, fine. If you want to get laid, fine. But just know your boundaries. Know your limitations. I don't know. And pretty much just know what you're comfortable with as yourself. Just because your best friend has, tw- has had 20-some partners doesn't mean you need to. And if, But if you don't want to save yourself from marriage, there's nothing wrong with that either. So be, you know, be your individual self and respect yourself. Okay, so you get a prize pack. You want to take a whack at our, our question? Uh, sure. All right, the question uh, again, uh, what percentage of MSU students have had, one, had sex with one or fewer partners within the last academic year? 80% was warmer. I'll say... Seventy percent. Yeah. Seventy-two percent. Congratulations! You are going to have one hell of a prize pack. <laughs> <laughs> so please stay in the line, and, and we all appreciate your comments and thank you for calling in. But stay That's in the neat. line. And sure thing. Hold on the line one second. We'll get all your information. Well, and she does. She does make a really good point, and I think Becky said it earlier when you talk about these boxes that we're in. Um, I mean, we definitely buy into these stereotypes and and keep ourselves there. And it's reinforced by your peers, me, all kinds of different outlets, and um, and that can be troublesome. Absolutely. Well, I, I almost thought we might have found a replacement for Erin when she leaves. When she starts seeing getting laid, <laughs> I was like, wow, would you bring her on and stuff like that? But back, you know, I want to get back to something that, that was on the outline. We always talk. We never, never, we never follow the outline that's really on here. Mm-hmm. Right. Chris, Christy does a great job. Christy did a great job. But, but you know, you're, you're fairly, you're fairly famous for it, and we've talked about it. You're, you're good. You're bad. You're ugly. You're, uh, talk that you give to students that there are some good points about about alcohol, you know. And on the outline, we we talked about you know what are some of the positive, some of the negative effects of of alcohol and sexuality. Can you talk about some of those? I know we've several talked about some of the possible negative effects, but what are the possible? Well, I think again, assuming that this is a person who's pretty comfortable with their sexuality, has been challenging their own boxes that if you do decide to drink, I mean, we know that one thing is certainly re- reduces inhibitions to some degree. Um, it does relax you, and, and we're all, we're assuming moderation here. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a mood elevator. Most of the, the substances that we use recreationally has a mood elevator to it. It makes you, it actually makes you feel better. Um, now, there's a point where, I mean, you can only get, you can only feel so good. And that's actually, if you've gotten intoxicated, you've already maxed out your mood elevation. So it's, it's not about getting drunk. Um, 
it can obviously it can put you in a place where there's access, where there's a social opportunity. You can begin to talk with someone. You you know because you are less in, inhibited, you might find that you have something in common with someone that you wouldn't have typically thought you did. So certainly in those ways, alcohol plays a role, and it has throughout history and in most cultures. Um, it's it's again it's it's depending on how you're using it, at what level you're using it and what you can do without it. You know, it's it's that kind of that kind of questioning is what you need to do to figure out if alcohol is just a part and conducive to the evening or if that's what the whole evening is about. Definitely. It's good. Um, I really feel like those positive things are important, just just as important as the negative ones to talk about. At least from a student perspective. Um, I know we don't like to hear like, you know, don't do this, don't do that, alcohol, terrible, you know, like most people or a lot of people like to go out and have fun and party and maybe have a drink or two or none, you know, whatever works, but they're around it sometimes and it's just, it's good to hear that there are positive aspects in it, definitely. Absolutely. Now one that's on here, of course, I'm looking at this, um, feeling more socially confident, of course you mentioned, you know, feeling better, but then this confidence. Is that more of a positive? Is that a negative? I could see well, that going either way. Yeah, and it can go either way. And again, I would say, you know, there's, there's. Um, I remember a very good friend of mine said a long time ago when I was talking with him about how difficult it was to enter a social situation without alcohol. And he said to me, you know, Becky, how come we always compare our shaky insides to everybody else's calm, cool outsides? And it's like, yeah. Why do I do that? Because I go in a social situation, I automatically think I'm the only one there who's struggling with this. When in fact, it's probably most of the people there, especially if they haven't been drinking yet. They're mm -hmm. probably, you know, <laughs> struggling with that a little bit. And, you know, that is part of, it's just part of, mm -hmm. it's part of being. It's part of being human. And so figuring out how to work through that. And again, I would say once you, once you can enter a room with your peers and not have to drink in order to communicate and have a good time, then, you know, basically you've practiced enough so that if you do ch decide to drink, then you're probably going to do it pretty wisely, is my guess. It's almost like alcohol makes you forget your shaky insides, but then to other people, your calm, cool outside doesn't look as calm. Very <laughs> <laughs> true. I just point. thought of that when you said that. Yeah. He goes to the Caribbean, he comes back a scholar. That's right. <laughs> he found a center. <laughs> well, but you know, Becky, we talked about this in the office, too, and my comment was, you know, nobody teaches us how to really socialize. I mean, we, we're not sat, sat down and, and taught about how to be in a relationship or socialize. So, I mean, so a lot of people come into situations uh, you know, especially college situations, and, and they know that there's a lot of socializing going on, and they just automatically gravitate towards the alcohol because it's almost assumed that's what it is. That's what helps you. You know, and there's an interesting study not, done not too long ago where they actually had college students come in, and, and half of them they were given alcohol, and the other half something that tasted like alcohol. And some of these folks exhibited the same behaviors that the folks who were drinking oh, yeah. alcohol did. <laughs> and, if they were told yeah. that it was alcohol, right? It was told it was alcohol, and, and all of a sudden they were socializing without the help of the actual alcohol. So, but, but my question is, why is that so wrong? I mean, if nobody really teaches you how to socialize, what's wrong with having some alcohol and then you learn how to socialize? Are you saying that it doesn't stay there if you stop drinking? I think that, quite honestly, I don't think you learn to socialize when you've altered yourself in order to do it. Um, I think that that's something you learn by going through 
the nervousness, the the kind of the the uh, difficulty of doing that, the self monitoring, the getting yourself through that point, so you know that you always can. Um, I d I wouldn't say that if you again you know it's going back to how dependent are you on that substance in order to do it, um, and. And I think if you really want to learn how to do it, your best practice, your best bet is to do it without alcohol. Get good at it, and then you know what? Introduce alcohol to your so to your socializing, and I suspect it it ends up being a lot more fun because you're not in a situation where you have to. Now, one of the other, I'm 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 still looking down this list here. Uh, of course, mentioned the confidence uh, part of it. The one I have to ask about. Uh, as written, in small amounts, positive impact on sexual arousal. Now, I mean, uh, there's a lot of terms that uh, you would that we don't think that we can... I would. <laughs> would pick that just, out. Just your eyes just go right to certain words, you know. Um, but I mean, certain words come to mind that I don't think we can use on there for for terms about that. But it's, I mean, you know, there's a lot of you know perceptions, misperceptions about how it does affect sexual arousal. I mean, would you care to? Talk about that a little bit. Well, in its earliest stages, again, I think it's mostly the psychological impact of alcohol in terms of again lowering inhibitions, helping. It does. It is a central nervous system depressant. It does relax you. Um, you are likely to forget about that exam you just took. Um, you know all the studying that you have to do. It, it does. It's a nice way to. It can be again in in um, moderation. Nice way to just kind of check out. Mm -hmm. um, and stop worrying. I mean, we know that one of the biggest health issues for students on this campus is stress. Um, and there can be some good benefit there. And obviously, the less stressed you are, the, the more relaxed you are, the more likely you are to be able to sexually respond. Now, that's a fine line, though, because if you, you know, again, in excess, and it, in, it doesn't mean in great quantity, but even smaller amounts, it can cross the line into where you you have the the will but not the way. Aaron will interpret that for you. The lowers your chances for orgasm and who the hell wants to have sex without an orgasm? Well, you know, I, I think part of that, God bless you, Aaron. that part of that don't get her started with. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean, didn't mean to encourage you there. Part of that misperception is that I think a lot of men think erectile dysfunction has a lot to do with, with uh, thinking and about mental health, and, and really, it's a misperception. Most men think that erectile dysfunction occurs because you 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 you, you lose your thought process or you're not thinking straight. But no, most most erectile dysfunction has an organic cause. So they think that if they do drink a little bit, that it helps them deal with some of the thoughts that are running in their head, you know, and they can get it up and stuff like that. But it's not true. It really really is not there. But uh, and I think that's what kind of you were going yeah, for. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just again want to choose my words oh. carefully. Yes, that one. Uh, of course, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> Making use of us. Uh, I know, I know. Yes. She uh, had the shrinking finger. Just yes, I'm sure a slide there. whistle sound effect would really uh, help us. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wish you had a slide whistle. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we still have those prize packs, right, Christy? Yes, we do. Yes, and of we course, uh, so any, if, if, if anybody has any comments. questions, comments, or anything uh, related to what we've been talking about tonight, the number 432-3893. Again, 432-3893. Now, we've got some other stats that we can make a question out of. Should we uh, venture forth and do yeah. that? Uh, yeah. One that we were looking at uh, earlier was, uh, let's see, 
what percentage students believe that their peers use alcohol daily? Should we uh, should we throw that one out there? The yeah. the last dot on that list. We can we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the bonus question would be, what is the real stat? Yes. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Extra extra special yeah. prize pack for that one. So again, the question: what percent what percentage of students believe that their peers use alcohol every day? Well, you know this this uh, not not because we've stressed it on many shows in the past that orgasm is not the end all to right. sex at all. Some people can't even have orgasms, and, and that's right, and it it shouldn't be. And if it, if if right. orgasm's your your finality, it's fine. But right. in some ways, I think that's problematic too. But you do have this on here, Christy. So well, let's address this. It says alcohol can make sex difficult or even impossible. It can lower the chance of orgasms for both males and females. Let's address that. Why Why is that the case? Is it because uh, they're drunk and can't well, find it? Or <laughs> don't know how to do it? Or what, what is it? Becky? It could be a number of things, Christina. Yeah, I, I mean, like, physiologically, uh-huh. it um, could be because it affects the nervous system and kind of like... Like you said, Becky earlier, it deadens it kind of. So, so you don't feel the yeah, yeah less sensitivity is much less. Um, all that kind of of the clitoris could could be could definitely oh, decrease. I knew you'd get that in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, the <laughs> penis. Who cares about penis and Andrew? Really? Hey, come on, Aaron. <laughs> They're like not be even. It's penis bashing night. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's a careful, careful your words there, Doctor. Yeah, that's a pretty graphic term. Yeah, bashing. Ooh, penis bashing. Yeah. No, but no, but physiologically, I mean, we're talking. We were talking about erectile dysfunction. We were talking about um, you know desensitizing the not having a focus on pleasure. I mean, it could be a, a just the mere focus of in out and it's over kind of thing um it's a number of reasons why it would affect an orgasm yeah even think i mean when if you're like so drunk or even not so drunk you're just a little bit drunk or something you can't really focus on anything you can't think straight um that could definitely affect it you're not really your mind's going all over you pass out or something i don't even know but a lot of things like that could definitely affect orgasm at least or you could just have trouble communicating with your partner mm-hmm. what it is that feel, feels yeah, good what or not feels sure good. doesn't feel good and where it becomes troublesome really is is that um the intimacy piece is gone i mean when becky was talking about intimacy intimacy earlier that can be a really huge part of orgasm for men or women mm-hmm. and when you lack the ability to have that intimacy because alcohol is involved um then it does become problematic and i think for for other people that may have trouble orgasming, mm-hmm. um, if you introduce alcohol into the, pro- to the equation, it's not going to make it easier. Well, Becky, I know you've talked about pharmacologically. I mean, I mean, we talked a little bit about a certain amount of alcohol can lift moods and stuff. But after you go over that tipping point, pharmacologically, what, what does it do to the body as far as as Christy said, deaden the nerves and stuff like that? What what does happen? Well, I mean, again, it's a central nervous system depressant, and so your central nervous system stops functioning as efficiently and effectively um, as it would typically, and and that's a very important part of being able to perform sexually. Um, so I would say that in, in its most um, gross explanation, not gross being gross, but in its um, most unrefined explanation, that would be it. Um, and I think the other thing, you know, that that is often overlooked is that um, performing sexually can sometimes 
um, take a level of coordination mm -hmm. um, that if you've drank enough, you simply don't have. Mm -hmm. You um, could just fall over. Yeah. You could yeah. just yeah. be unable to do it because of that, um, because you are too intoxicated to actually perform the physical requirements beyond the erection. Not to mention not being able to pick up on subtleties. Or uh, exactly. Like yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, exactly. I think one of the other things, too, where we're looking is a lot of times alcohol, alcohol makes you sleepy. <laughs> so you could just <laughs> pass out. But yeah. I mean, there could be all this buildup and then nothing ever happens. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. You turn around and your partner's <laughs> yeah. fast asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Probably happens a lot. Very interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, where's your date on that, Doctor? I was going to make curious. a joke about that, but I decided not to. Oh, he's going to throw something my way. I'm just throwing it out there, Doug. Right before instead of right after, right there. Okay. Well, here's another interesting thing, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, part of the reason that? that judgment gets so skewed with alcohol is because we begin to attend to different things in our environment that we wouldn't typically attend to. Um, so the suddenly the green dot on the wall might become far more fascinating to you than <laughs> what your partner's doing. Actually, I mean, it can, yeah. it's, it's something that is, um, that happens with many substances. Um, and so again, it goes back to the focus. You're just, you're just really not there. And, and we know that the brain is, is still the biggest sex organ we have. And if you're not in it, you know, um, uh, then it, it, chances are it's not going to work. Yeah. And another thing, too, even if you are, you know, you know your partner, you're both comfortable, you're planning on drinking and having sex afterward, you know, everything's good. It could definitely affect um, some of your decisions about protecting yourself. You know, using a condom, you might not realize when it breaks. Stuff like that definitely mm -hmm. could happen. My roommate, I was talking to her earlier about it. She's like, oh, mention uh, the movie Knocked Up, where, you know, they, they don't oh, know, yeah. like, that's that the condom The miscommunication off. about yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He just, he just throws it off because he, she said go, and he didn't know that it was on there. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So, well, Christy, Christy, I mean, you mentioned kind of it, but, you know, one of the things we were going to talk about, what, are, what do you think are some of the myths and misperceptions about alcohol and sex that are out there? I mean, you mentioned your roommate. We don't want to put your roommate yeah. in this box because she'll call and, <laughs> and then we'll have to give her a prize back. But what, what do you think are some of the myths and misperceptions out there before we ask Becky? Well, I think one of them is that when you when you drink it, it turns you into some sort of, you know, sex. Uh, Don Juan? Yeah, yeah, some kind of expert on sex. Or like, it, it helps you perform better. And when in reality, it's more often probably the opposite of that. But I think that's a I think that's a big misperception that's out there in the media. I mean, you see it in all the beer commercials and all that stuff. So that's one of them. Yeah, or even that most people when they go out, uh, get drunk and have sex after that's a way to end your night. And in reality, that's not the case. And most times that doesn't even happen. You know, it really doesn't. At least from what I hear. I mean, I could be completely wrong. <laughs> that might be my what take people, on it. That might be what people yeah. are expecting. Yeah, and I mean, happen. it's fine if you do decide to do that. I'm not saying it's not definitely. Right. I think there's but, that perception out there. You're but right. But there is, yeah. yeah. Other mm -hmm. yeah. mis misperceptions. Anything else? Um, I think that there's often a misperception <clears throat> that sex has already been negotiated. Yeah. Um, there's an assumption that happens between two people. Um, one may be assuming that one thing is going to happen when they go home, and the other might be assuming something else. And um, that's where we get into messy situations, whether you call it... Um, depending on whatever the person wants to call it the next morning, if it's regret sex, sexual assault, rape, um, and we, we do get into those fine lines and then completely cross the line um, when you introduce the two together, I think. Well, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's one of those things where people, just because someone, 
you're making out with someone doesn't mean it's an invitation without mm -hmm. talking about it that, mm -hmm. you're, that, that things are going to go further because mm -hmm. that might be all that person wants. And not to mention, of course, the, the, the presence of alcohol also leads to, you know, other substances that people may not be aware of, the sort of the roofy situation, too. I mean, that just open up, opens up a whole other, you know, case of, of regret or, you know... Sexual assault. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for, for the next morning, so, yeah. Well, yeah, we were, talking, we were looking at a, uh, some, some, some kind of campaign out there that, before we came on, it showed, you know, uh, you know uh, you're looking at somebody early in the night that they look you know, fairly non-attractive, not the type of person you want to be, and then as you go on through the night, they become Don Juan. But we, we really talked about <laughs> whether, Juan whether something, yeah, like the Don Juan, <laughs> you know, it's kind of whatever. Uh, but, but we really talked, that's really not what happens in that scenario. It's not about that the person all, all of a sudden looks like Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie or whatever. It's, it's what, Becky? We talked about that. Access. Yeah, I mean, I think that Part of it is access, part of it is, is um, actually, I think a lot of it is access. Yeah, you know, there's a person who seems to maybe, you know, be willing and interested and, you know, and I'm intoxicated, why not? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's kind of that. I don't think necessarily that um, what someone looks like or doesn't look like dictates those decisions. Mm -hmm. So not to the same yeah. level as sobriety. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's probably over-exaggerated when they, when they, make illustrations like that of people right. all of a sudden becoming attractive but in your mind uh it's it's kind of a an access thing like there's an acceptance that this person's interested in so yeah and you maybe maybe it comes down to you're making connections with people um obviously inebriated connections with people that you wouldn't normally approach um, so we're not necessarily talking about suddenly they become more attractive, but they become more accessible mm -hmm. and you're connecting, and I'm using the quotation marks, connecting um, in a way that you, you didn't normally think that you would with that person. Um, you know, whether it is you have things in common or you're just laughing, having a good time, you're enjoying that, you want to take it further. I've been drinking, I'm horny, I want to go home. You're available. Let's go do it. You're standing <laughs> you in know? front of me at a certain yeah. time. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go down this. She's got horny, clitoris. Yeah. Uh, We're missing the, the M word, though. I know. Masturbation? Oh, there we go. Yeah. You hadn't said it yet. We only had you 10 minutes what? left in the I show. What about... Oh, yeah. gosh, no, don't start here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, drunken right. masturbation. Drunken, that's exactly where I was going, Becky. Wow. You belong. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All positive things about that, right? Nothing bad. Yeah, why, see... Take this, advantage of yourself. This would solve the problem. <laughs> Stop having sex when you're drunk. Just start going home and masturbating. Can we end, <laughs> can we end this show right now? There we go. That was exposure for tonight. Yeah. Chris, the torch and twine was starting early Thanks tonight. Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, we, we talked, we talked, we kind of talked about that about you know having sex uh, while using alcohol, and sometimes we always consider having sex with somebody else, and and, and we do. I mean, not to make fun of it, and not, to, yeah. not to, but there, there are folks who can enjoy themselves, and mm -hmm. and having alcohol, doing that can be the same type of. There'd be the same type of line. Some of it may increase, but the one you go get to a certain port, point, you might lose uh, some of the. Uh, you go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Oh, you're finished, yeah. <laughs> but we, we, we still still have that final prize pack. Absolutely. We're, we're so again, we'll throw, yeah. in, oh. we'll throw in a complimentary. There you go. Complimentary okay. uh, <laughs> Douglas J. Uh, coupon. For hey, all right. We dare you to call the if, uh, if somebody has the uh, a close approximation to the uh, to the the answer for our question, what's uh, what percentage of students believe uh, that their peers use alcohol daily? So uh, we're going again. I guess what margin of error? Three percent. Three percent. Okay. So if you can get it within three percent or give or take we'll hook you up with that prize bag well somewhere i wanted to go kind of with the conversation um is we have on this list our elusive agenda tips on safe alcohol use with or without sex um so uh, do we kind of want to go there and and talk about what are some tips anybody yeah we can um we can talk more about that i think probably the the piece of advice that i most um, that I want students to start at in terms of thinking about alcohol and how to keep themselves safe through the night is so often, and you know I can relate to this, we leave the house not really thinking about where we want that night to end up, um, not really thinking about it. Um, and I would say that for all students, especially since we're coming up on days where even students that typically use moderately might blow their limits, like St. Patrick's Day, for instance, that they th- that they actually give themselves two or three minutes to consider what do I want this night to look like? Mm-hmm. Do I want this to be one of the sweet memories I leave MSU with, or do I want it to you know get to a place I really don't want it to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you've made that decision, once you've done that thinking, then plan accordingly. Well, um, and keep in mind that you're not going to leave with a sweet memory if you end up being blacked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to remember anything? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good or bad. Yeah. Exactly. Well, what's that? What's that saying for this elusive concept we call spontaneity? I mean, if you plan everything out and you don't, what happens to spontaneity? I mean, you know, I agree with you, especially when we're talking about St. Patrick's Day or the, the possible NCAA run uh, that MSU <laughs> might make. Uh, you know, we talk about the green. As celebratory <laughs> events, and, and you and I know that there are certain people that don't maybe not drink on other days, other than celebratory things. So I think your advice is well taken. But well, I see we have a call. We, yeah. we runners do that. You should have two coming up right now. Oh, so. Wow! I know. You you ask and I'll call. Let's uh, see what the first person's got to say. Uh, go ahead. You're on the air with sex exposure. Alrighty. Uh, answer to the question of the day would be like sixty-five percent. No, unfortunately, not not close. Actually. Well, we're going to give you a consolation prize. So we'll, we'll, right, Christy? Oh, yeah. We'll give him a book. A book. Oh, yeah. A good book yeah. with pictures. Of <laughs> sexy pictures. Do you have any questions or comments? Uh, I do have a comment. Um, me and my girlfriend, we knew each other for a long time, six or seven years. And we were out one night um, at a club, and we were all wasted and started feeling up on each other. And we did decide to hook up later that week. And it was just casual sex, and we hit it off so well. Now we've been together as a couple for about five years, and we're expecting our first child. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. That is awesome. It's a good story to share. I mean, there's always there's always exceptions to this, and there's always things that we can learn from these. So, I mean, that's one of those stories. Thanks for calling. Well, and I think oh, yeah. the important part of what he said, too, it sounds like it was a decision that was made and then something that happened a couple days later, right? Yeah, we were both sober, and it was... It was 
great. It was really great. <laughs> well, awesome. the book that we're going to include will, will allow you to teach your children once they grow up about <laughs> sexual etiquette 101. So thanks for calling. Important lessons. All right. all right, go ahead and stay on the line. We'll get all your info. All right, we got one more on the line right now. Let's go ahead and see what they've got to say. Uh, go ahead. You're on the air with Sexposure. Yo, hello. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I wasn't sure if I was actually on the air. I'm stuck in a red light. And little <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Pay attention yeah, to the road. <laughs> I uh, used to party a lot out at MSU when I was younger. Mind you, I'm only 20 now, so I used to drink a lot. <laughs> the glory and, uh, days. And do a lot of stupid stuff at MSU. Like one time I caught a rabbit when I was really drunk. But <laughs> Wow. That's, and, uh, yeah, I got, got in a little trouble for that. But anyway, regardless of that, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> man, I can hear myself on the radio and I sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Turn it down. <laughs> Believe me, we uh, sound like idiots sometimes, too. <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah, so I used to, probably when I was like 16, I used to hook up with a lot of college girls and got a lot of phone numbers and probably uh, have a couple kids that I don't know about. I only know about one. And uh, I'm, I never get to see her, so that kind of sucks. But yeah. so that's sort of the uh, the, the the after effects that uh, yeah that the, definitely the whole alcohol yeah scene. I don't drink anymore apparently 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 kind of screwed up everything I had going. I lost my scholarships and just got in a lot of trouble for that. Hmm. Yeah. I did right. a lot of dumb stuff when I drank. You know, once again, there's stories, there's things we can learn from the stories, and I think what, you, what you're saying, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that, that you really have to think about what you're doing when you're drinking, and you have to really kind of plan ahead, because some, sometimes there are consequences to this, right? Oh, yeah. Lots of consequences. Well, we appreciate your call, and we'll have a prize pack for you if you want it. Oh, uh, actually, I didn't even get to yell out my number, my guess. Oh, yeah. Go oh, for yeah. it. Let's, 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 let's hear it. It's, uh... I'm going to say 90%. Ooh. No, no. Too, too far north. Well, you just took your prize pack back. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. You'll still, you'll still get one. Thanks for calling. Go ahead, stay, go ahead stay in line, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, we're wrapping up with maybe two and a half minutes left on our show. You think should we should we spill that number? Yeah. Okay. So, so go ahead. Yeah, we should probably repeat the question. Yeah. So, again, the question, uh, what percentage of students uh, believe that their peers use alcohol daily? And uh, would you guys care to share what that number actually is? Sure. Yeah. Uh, 35.5% of students perceive their peers to use alcohol daily. And the, um, the so actual real stat about that is only 0.2% actually use alcohol daily. So, so students so think about their peers. Two in 100 students. Are, way off. Yeah. It is completely yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. And and two of them are here tonight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Glad you could join us. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the students don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it definitely shows that our, our perception of what other people are doing can be very off, especially mm -hmm. in regards to alcohol use. Um, it's certainly in regards to sexual health. When people hear the 72% stat, 72% um, of students have had sex with zero to one partners in the last mm -hmm. academic year. People are like, what? Um, so, you know, so, and they do the same thing yeah. with alcohol. Yeah, yeah those two so seem definitely. to go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, it's hard to believe that 25% of MSU students choose not to be sexually active right now. I mean, most people would say, no way. You know, 90% are having sex with 10 or more partners. It's now just that's not that, true. That, that's that is people who are simply choosing not to, or it's yeah. circumstantial, or both? Could be both. Yeah, okay. whatever the reason. But I think uh, what's out there, is, or, or what we really are talking about tonight, is about the, the choice. There are a lot of choices that are out there. 
um, and if you're coming from a place of wisdom and making decisions from a place of wisdom, um, then you're going to have the freedom to make that choice that's best for you. Um, and, and however you make that is yours. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I want to say, too, that if you have questions about alcohol use or alcohol and sexuality, I mean, our, our special guest tonight is a wealth of information, and she mm -hmm. loves talking to students. Now, we don't want you all to come in, but, yes, we do. Uh, but please, <laughs> please call and, and, and ask for Becky. She also has an email, too, that I'm sure that she would respond to your questions. But. In case anyone missed it, what, what, what would you say your specialty is with, within Olin? It's, um, uh, I'd like to say I, I do alcohol and drugs. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs. It's a hell of a job. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, of course, this has been uh, Impact Sexposure. Uh, I want to thank everyone for being here, Dr. D, uh, Aaron, everybody else from uh, from Olin, not to slight anybody, but we are running <laughs> low on seconds here. We're going to turn things over to the Progressive Torch and Twang. Uh, looking over there, Douglas, Doug and Corinna definitely uh, scrambling to get some things together for you tonight. What? No, I'm going to be They're around calm. Like They're that calm center we were talking about earlier. Uh, so go ahead and uh, stay tuned for them, and uh, we will see you again next week. See you. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.